child early on is taught the right way to live and the things that they ought to do and things not to do. Right at this very moment, we have a one-year-old and Charlie is in that stage of starting to realize the word no means no. And the word yes means yes. And he started to realize that. And sometimes he throws a fit about it, but at least he realizes no means no. And we know that he knows what no means because when we tell him not to do something, the reaction we get is that he sits straight down and starts to throw a fit. So we recognize, okay, he's not going to do it, but now he's going to throw a fit. And now we have to teach him that's not the right way either. And you see the Christian life, many times we are revealing and we understand that we know what is right. And we know what is wrong. In the midst of the sin of David and Bathsheba in Psalm 51, he begins to reveal his heart and he begins to reveal all of what is taking place within his heart. As he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Notice these strong words, wash me throughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil on thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. And here we find it. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. He knew what was right and he knew what was wrong. In the midst of taking these steps, he chose to take steps that were not lining up with God's will and God's plan with his life. You see, one of the saddest truths within the Christian life is that there are many Christians that get out of the will of God and go and seek their own path and their own direction, only to later on realize that they missed out on all of what God truly had for them. You see, as you lay yourself down at the altar and say, Lord, my life is yours, and you say, Lord, I want to understand the right way, and I want to understand the right direction, you begin to realize the Lord has so much planned for you. In Psalm 56, take your Bibles there for just a moment. In Psalm 56, you're reminded this as well. As you study the Scripture, the Bible says in verse number 6, They gather themselves together. They hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. As you think about steps, you see, everybody is paying attention to the steps of a man. All, even the evildoers, even those who are looking at the Christian, you'll find that they're looking at the steps of those that are living the Christian life. The Bible says in Psalm 57, verse number 6, they have prepared a net for my steps. You see, all throughout Scripture, you'll find that word popping up, steps and steps and steps. Why? Because steps begin to reveal the direction someone is going. As we were unloading and getting everything uh, prepared for church yesterday, there were a couple of boys that I had told to go and get some stuff out of the, uh, the office building. With well, the office building, the quickest route to the office building is through those doors, down left and in that building over there. But as soon as we said that, there were a couple of them that were helping that went this direction. And quickly we said, boys, that's the long way. That's the wrong way to go. And we began to realize their steps were taking them a different path. And that's a very simple illustration for you to understand. But sometimes that's exactly what we do. The Lord says, no, this is the direction to go. And we try to take our own path. And we try to go the long way. We try to go the hard way sometimes. Because we say, oh, Lord, you must have it all mixed up. Lord, I think that this is the right way. I think this is the easy way. And the Lord says, no, no, no. Let me order your steps. Let me tell you which direction to go. Let me tell you, you know, it's very interesting. When you start to have children, you begin to realize that the Lord begins to teach you some of these very biblical lessons through your children. And uh, I remember there was a, a time whenever we were ordering for our children and, and we'd go out to eat and there would be times whenever your children begin to argue with you and they tell you that they like something that you know 
you're about to waste your money on if you buy it because you know they don't like it. And so all of a sudden you're sitting there and your child says, no, I like that. And you say, no, you don't. You throw it away every single time. You hate it. No, I really do. I like it. No, you don't. I'm telling you right now, you do not like that. And then finally it comes to a place where you say, I'm not ordering it because I know you. And what do they do? They begin to pound. Why? Because they wanted to do what they wanted to do, but you knew what they really needed. You knew what they wanted. And you see, that's the life sometimes that many of us Christians, we argue with God and say, Lord, I want this. He says, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. Lord, I want this. No, I don't think you understand. You do not want this. You don't want this. You don't want this direction. You don't want to go this path. And we see the steps that the Lord begins to order. Notice with me, not only do we see our steps, we see stability. Notice the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You see, the Lord does a great job of providing stability within our lives as we yield our lives to him. He's our solid rock. He's our stabilizer, if you would. The Bible tells us in Job 14, verse number 16, For now thou numberest my steps, dost thou not watch over my sin? Job 31, 4, Dost not he see my ways and count all my steps? He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows all things about every single one of us. The word establish, as you find it in Scripture, this portion of Scripture right here, the word ordered speaks to that. It speaks to establish, to be firm, to be stable, to prepare or make ready, if you would. All throughout Scripture, you see this being lived out in different passages. In Psalm 40, verse number 2, the word established is used. In Psalm 51.10, the word right is used. In Psalm 57, verse number 7, the word fixed is used. In Proverbs 16, verse 9, the word directed is used. In all in the same context that the Lord knows the direction you ought to go. And that word ordered speaks of that truth that the Lord wants to establish, to make firm, to make stable, to prepare or make us ready for His will. Sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to bucket that. And we realize very quickly that we're not stable. Why? Because we ran away from our stabilizer, the Lord. All of a sudden, you know, it's amazing whenever you sit down and you have conversations with people and I've knocked on many doors and heard the same thing over and over where somebody, you knock on the door and they say, you know what? I need to get back in church. My life hasn't been the same since I got out of church. Why? Because you left the Lord out of it. You see, every single one of us needs the Lord within our lives, and we need Him not just occasionally. We need Him day to day. That's why the song and the hymn writer, I need thee every hour. He nailed it. They, they, whoever wrote it, they nailed it. I need thee every hour. It's a powerful truth. I don't need you every day. I don't need you every, every week. I just need you every hour. I need you every moment of my life. We come to realize that, you see, it's the Lord who begins to guide our course. As you think about Abraham, I love this truth, that Abraham did not know the way, but he knew the guide. I love that. I don't know the way sometimes. I don't know where the Lord is taking me, but I'm so grateful that I don't know the way, but I know the God who's taking me along the way. I don't understand all of the things, but I know that God's not going to fail me. He's never failed me before. You see, in Scripture, the Bible tells us in Psalm 23, verse 2, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Those words, maketh and leadeth, as you begin to study it out, it's as though the Lord is preparing something so great for us that we can't resist it. You can't help but just rest in his presence and in his perfect will. You know, it's an amazing thing to, to understand that principle as you begin to relate it. There are times whenever, you know, I, I go shopping sometimes with my wife and every husband has said this to their wife before. And I believe this is accurate where there will be times whenever your wife will buy stuff. And then they'll take stuff back and they say, see, we saved money. No, we still spent money. As a matter of fact, we spent money that we don't have. 
Well, I took some stuff back. Yeah, you took stuff back and we've now gotten the money that we needed that we didn't have in the first place, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And we laugh about that. But sometimes as you begin to think about those deals, there are times whenever you're standing there and the salesman says, this is the deal. And you say, oh, I can't pass that deal up. I've got to have it. Do you really? But when you think about this portion of scripture, Psalm 23, verse number two, the Lord, he truly does. He makes your circumstances. He makes understanding that as you rest in his hand, as you rest in his will, as you walk with him daily, that everything will truly be okay. You see, he is our guide. Not only as you understand the stability of our Lord, he will guide us in counsel. Psalm 73, verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And afterward, receive me to glory. The greatest counselor is not a pastor. It's not a preacher. It's not a missionary. It's not an evangelist. It's not your parents. It's God Almighty. He gives the greatest counsel to solve all the issues of life. He will guide us in our calling. You think about Isaiah 30, 21, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way walk ye in it. And when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left, I'm thankful that that time, that moment came in my life when the Lord was calling me to preach. And I understood that is exactly what the will of God for my life was. And I finally surrendered. Why? Because there just came a peace knowing right then and there that he was calling me and that he had a plan for my life. And then all of a sudden he set everything in motion. And then it goes back to what Abraham, as you study his life, he didn't know where he was going, but he knew the God. And that's the steps of all of our lives. As you begin to realize you don't always know what God is doing or where he's taking you. But if God is doing it, you can rest and understand that he's not going to make a mistake. You see, he is our God. He is our God in counsel. He is our God in counseling. He is our God in our calling. He is our God on our course. He is our God through caution sometimes. Isaiah forty two sixteen. I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in the paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before men and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. I'm so thankful for the Lord being my guide. He will guide us through certainty, that sound truth that we need. In John 16, 13, the Bible says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I'm so thankful that when I open the word of God, I begin to realize that the Lord doesn't make a mistake as he begins to guide our steps and take our steps, and he stabilizes us on the journey. When is it? that we begin to get sidetracked? When is it that we begin to, to lose faith? When is it that we begin to lose ground when we got our eyes off the Lord? You go and you study the simple passage of Scripture of Peter walking in the water, and I know we use this, and we've no doubt you have exhausted it. You've probably studied it out. You know everything about it. But as you study the life of Peter walking on the water, it's as though he looked at his circumstances. When he looked at his circumstances, he looked at the winds, he looked at the storm, all of a sudden he began to sink. And what did he do next? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord was there. You see, oftentimes in our own lives, when we're taking those steps and the Lord is our stabilizer, when we get our eyes off the Lord and we begin to think that there are better ways, that the world's philosophies might work, we are realizing rather quickly that they don't. Because God is our guide. As you study Scripture, in this portion of Scripture, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When it comes to guiding us, and there are some things within our lives we have to ask ourselves the question, when it comes to everyone being somewhere tonight, every single one of us is somewhere. Every one of us is in a season of life. Every one of us is in a place, in a a season of growth. And I love the statement that Brother Ed made a couple of years ago that it's not about age, it's all about stage. 
Because as you grow and you mature in Christ, you begin to realize that it's not because you're 80 years old that you've got all this wisdom. Because just because you're 80 doesn't mean that you've lived a faithful Christian life. You could be 45 years old and you could be having an 80 year old and the 45 year old could be as dedicated and given to God. And the 80 year old might have been living for themselves and doing certain things. And they know the Bible. They don't know what it means to truly live the Christian life. You see, it's all about stage, getting along with God and dwelling in his presence as we talked about this morning. Every single one of us is somewhere. Six things we see in the Christian life. The first one is salvation. It all starts at salvation. You see, if, you, if you're not saved tonight, you're not going to understand this counsel from the God Almighty. You're not going to understand the leading of God. But, oh, when you're a child of God, you understand it rather well. You understand those moments when the Holy Spirit begins to prick your heart and say, this is the way. This is right. This is wrong. As Brother Zach was making mention of that, you ought to be, as a Christian, whenever you're in an environment and you hear language that a Christian ought not be hearing and saying, you ought to have blushing faces. You ought to feel a little uncomfortable. You ought to to be in a place where it's a little out of your regular, if you would. When you're seeing things that pop up on the TV, when you hear things on the radio, when you go to certain places and you're seeing certain things or hearing certain things or whatever the case may be, it ought to cause you to blush as a Christian. And I believe in all reality, that is one of the major issues within our society is that the world is starting to see that Christians have become so numb to sin that they say, well, if the Christian thinks it's okay, then I guess it's okay. Why are we seeing when we walk up into the presence of those who are unbelievers or walking up into the presence of our co-workers who have filthy mouths, why does their conversation not change? Why are we not making them feel awkward? I remember for just a season working at, at a car wash in Knoxville and we were called crownies while we were at Crown and studying and there would be times when we'd work, walk into the presence of some of those guys and they would be using filthy language and all of a sudden five crownies show up to start washing cars and they would slip up and say a word and they begin to apologize. Why? Because they knew where we stood. And I'm thankful that as a freshman washing car that there were some juniors and seniors that weren't afraid to show me that, hey, you need to stand up and be bold and let those people who are using that language say, hey, when you're in my presence, please don't say that because I'm a Christian and I don't want to hear that filth. But far too often in our lives, we don't recognize those things and we say, well, I don't want to cause a scene. Look at all the greatest revivals that have ever swept this nation, ever swept the world. There was a scene that was caused. And go to the book of Acts and you'll find that Peter didn't have a problem causing a scene. And go and look at the ministry of Jesus and you'll find Jesus didn't mind causing a scene. But somehow in 2023, far too many Christians are saying, I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I believe that's the issue we're seeing. We're going with the grain. We're flowing with the crowd. We're going down the river just as everyone else is instead of standing out and being different. Why? Because we're afraid. We're afraid because as you go and you start the life of Paul, and as we looked at this morning, we don't have tears for this nation any longer. We don't have tears for souls anymore. We don't have tears for the word of God and for the will of God. And we aren't walking with him like we ought to oftentimes. It starts at salvation. All of a sudden, the Lord begins to change your life. You begin to get into the scripture. Get into God's word and cling to God's word. You're looking for direction. Find it right here. You're looking for answers. Find it right here. You're looking for hope. Find it right here. Get into the word. Scriptures plays a vital part in us understanding the steps that God wants to take us through. Supplication. Spend time with the Lord in prayer. When's the last time that you really sought the face of God and said, Lord, I just want you to make yourself known to me. 
Lord, I just want to commune with you. You didn't set an alarm clock to pray. You didn't set a timer. You just said, Lord, I want to stop with all this. Lord, I just want to be in the spirit of prayer and praying, Lord, constantly in a spirit of prayer and living and abiding by your truth. Supplication. You think about not only supplication, but you think about sight. Where are you looking? What are your eyes set on? You see, your steps always reveal what you're looking towards. You're not going to turn and walk like this down a crowd because you don't know what's ahead. We're always looking where we're walking. Unless we're on our phones at, you know, one of the places, and you see all these young people on their phones walking into stuff. I love every once in a while seeing the video, the comp, uh, what do they call it, the compilations or however you say that word of, uh, of those videos of people that are, you know, walking on the phone. They walk into the poles and things like that, and they look, turn around and make sure no one saw, you know. But sometimes that's us Christians. We've got our head turned like this, trying to figure out where we're going and walking around instead of just allowing the Lord to guide us and show us the steps. Where are you looking? Number five, where are you seeking? Are you seeking God and godly counsel and God's will and God's ways? And the final thing we saw yesterday illustrated so perfectly, we need to stay away from sin. Stay away from sin. Notice these words. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And notice the last statement that is found in that verse. And he delighteth in his way. You say, I want to delight in God's way and then start feasting on the righteous things. Start feeding yourself. You know, there are many Christians that that will find themselves very weak and anemic and struggling. It's because we get away from the things that are good for us. The nutrition that we need to feed on, the the godly fellowship, the, the righteous living, the word of God, the time in prayer, the house of God, all those things. And the more that we get away from those things, we find that we lose track. And we lose ground. And all of a sudden, we begin to fade. Notice with me what the Bible says in verse number 24. We see our support here. And so we've seen the steps. We've seen the stabilization. Now we see the support in verse number 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I don't know about you, but as you think about this statement, cast down, it speaks to throw down. To throw down at full length. As you think about utterly and finally, it speaks of being cast down. And as you begin to think about the Lord in your life, there have been times in your own life where you've struggled to get by. And it's only by the grace of God that you're here tonight. And I love that. I love it because many of us have the exact same uh, testimony that, as a matter of fact, if you're a child of God tonight, we all have the same testimony that if it were not for God, where would we be? As you think about this tonight, I ask you this question. Where are you headed? Where are you headed? You say, how do you, how do you, you know, how, how do we need to go about this life? Rest in the hands of God and say, Lord, you take my life and you got it. You want to find happiness? Find it in Jesus. Don't find it in the things of this world. You want to find joy? Find it in Jesus. You want to find comfort? Find it in Jesus. You want to find direction? Find it in Jesus. You say, right this very moment, I want the Lord to order my steps. Then yield to him. You know, I look back at the age of 16 getting saved, and then I remember surrendering to the call to preach, and there's never been a time in my life wherever I said, you know what, I really wish I would have pursued basketball. I really wish I would have pursued that. Why? Because I've had so much fun just serving Jesus. There's just something about it. There's something about just giving your life to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want you to take my life and use it, and can I share with you, the Lord desires to use every single one of us in this auditorium tonight. Would you allow the Lord to order your steps? Would you say, Lord, I yield my will to you. Lord, my will is not important. Lord, I want to do your will. And so, Lord, 
I lay my life down tonight. Lord, we do come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, that you'd guide us. Lord, I pray that there would be some individuals who have been wrestling with this that would just say, Lord, I'm done playing this game. I'm done fighting. I'm done running. Lord, I'm just giving up. Lord, I I surrender. I want to do your will, whatever that looks like. Lord, whatever it is, I pray that you would take my life and use it. I pray that you'd help us this evening. Lord, that we wouldn't fret as we find in Psalm 37 at the beginning, that we trust in you, that we give our lives to you. And Lord, we'd allow you to direct our steps. Guide us now, be with this invitation, and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, heads bowed, eyes closed, maybe you.